0: You are tuned in to the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl Watchlist Show with your host Rick Saratella and Joe Everett featuring NFLPA Bowl Executive Director Dane Vandernath.
1: Pack it up, pack it in. Let me begin. It's another edition of the 2020 NFLPA Collegiate Bowl Big Board Show with your host Rick Saratella here. I'll be joined along with Joe Everett and Dane Vandernat in just a second, but hey, football season has arrived, baby! It's all underway, and uh, whether it was Villanova and Colgate or Florida and Miami, uh, the shootout in Hawaii with Arizona, my God, so much going on. My wife says, you're going crazy. I said, no, it's just football season, and... uh, you know, it gets underway. Destination Vegas in a big way this weekend as the NFL PA scouting staff will be on location across the nation. The NFL Draft Bible will be dropping their 2020 prospectus. The new website is coming along, so uh, it's an exciting time here as we celebrate the 150th year of college football, the 100th year of the NFL. I mean, what's better than this, folks?
0: I'll tell you what's better,
1: going back and listening to our first four episodes because you get all the breakdowns of the NFL PA Collegiate Bowl Big Board. We ran through all the offensive positions. We ran through all the defensive positions. Today, we're going to talk about some defensive backs, corners, and safeties. And to do that with me is my co-host Joe Everett. You can follow him on Twitter at Joe W. Everett. He never, ever, ever leaves the stone unturned, Joe. Let the mayhem begin, baby.
0: Oh, yeah. It's, uh, week zero was still good, but it's time for the real meal. Uh, tomorrow night, Thursday, the holy war is about to break out. Uh, it's, 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 it's time to dive into that whole steak.
1: Yeah, a little little appetizer, you know. I got a little taste. I was, it was good to watch Youngstown State play a little bit. Had a chance to visit them when I was out at the Hall of Fame, and you know, this week uh, I'll be doing the four games in three days. So, hey, if you're down in the Charlotte area, uh, feel free to. Uh, Drop us a line. Come say hello if you're in the press box, but we'll be on location at Charlotte to take in that 49ers game, a new head coach, a young up-and-coming program, several players. We're keeping an eye on there. And then Friday, heading out to Wake Forest to uh, watch some Demon Deacons. And then Saturday, it's a double dip out at NC State during the day, circling back to Charlotte for the Belk Bowl with uh, South Carolina taking on North Carolina, the
2: return of the Mac
1: Mac Brown, the daddy Mac of it all uh, 20 players. In fact, in our scouting database, will be participating. That's 20 senior prospects in that South Carolina versus Mount- North Carolina game, uh, which gets underway at 3:30. So a uh, big time matchup there. If you're a draft Nick and want to get involved with that, of course, Uh, will be on location across the nation. That goes for the entire NFLPA Collegiate Bowl scouting staff. And uh, never mind the road warriors, the NFLPA Bowl scouting staff are the true road warriors. And to discuss a little bit more about our road travels is the executive recruiting director for the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl. He's Dane Vandernat. You can follow him along on twitter at dvandernat all the behind the scenes of where we're at where we're headed and what's going on and we'll start right there with you dane welcome into the show we always appreciate you taking some time out of your hectic schedule and it's just uh i don't know who's putting more mileage on uh than you my man but it seems like each and every day you're just hitting another program another program uh tell us about where your journeys have taken you this past week and where you're at today
2: Hey, Rick and Joe, always a pleasure being on, man. Uh, And it's absolutely a a ground paper out here. So uh, at University of Memphis right now, just actually wrapping up. Got a great chance to get out here for Coach Norvell's uh, practice and see the fellas move around a little bit. And, um, you know, actually heading home uh, this afternoon before a a quick turnaround and heading up to Minnesota tomorrow to go see the Golden Gophers take on uh, South Dakota State up there tomorrow night so uh certainly a lot of quick turnarounds but you gotta love it rick i know you've been on the road too man how's the travels been
1: yeah no you know hey it's that time of year it seems like it never ended this summer and uh just excited about uh all the travels uh, uh you know getting to meet with uh coaches at all levels the nfl teams the college teams i think it's good You know, it's a good refresher course for me to visit some NFL training camps, too, because it gives a good baseline, a good foundation of, you know, the kind of level of competition that we're looking for. And, you know, since we're not scouting for a specific, you know, scheme-specific team, uh, we kind of just, you know, need to get a broad base of, you know, what we're looking for, the type of talent that um, it takes, and it's always good to see some NFL camps, too, just kind of as that baseline and, and foundation of what it is. Uh, you know, that a pro player uh, looks like, feels like, you know, and, and, and that in-person scouting is always a good refresher course. But, no, I've enjoyed it. And uh, getting ready, you know, was talking about uh, the, the the trip down to Charlotte, doing a four-game four trip in three days this weekend. So, uh, hey, we're all over the map, my man. But, no, it's been a pleasure.
2: That's awesome, man. Yeah, and, you know, to your point, we always had our college scouts and most NFL teams, they have their college scouts, come around in the off season to be around for some of the rookie mini camps or maybe the mandatory uh, veteran camp uh, right before break. And then always back at training camp for about the first week. It, Cause it is important and it's a great point that you bring up. You always do need to have that baseline of what actually plays in the national football league. You know, what type of players do we really need to be honing in on for uh, you know, the collegiate bowl. We want to make sure, obviously we have, the right talent and the right guys that are going to be able to go out there and go compete not only on a 90-man roster but also when we get down to that 53-man roster so you know it's a great point that we always need those refreshers from time to time and uh you know I mean playing from from Saturdays to Sundays it's a big leap so um but it's always great seeing the guys live in person and really getting a great feel for for them as both players and as men so I'm sure it's been, it's been a great journey for you, and I'm anxious to hear back on some of these North Carolina guys when you go down there, that state sure seems to be the hotbed this year when it comes oh, yeah. to a lot of collegiate talent.
0: Well, well, Dane, i got to get a couple in here, man. I'm selfish because I saw you were at Kansas State. So first off, first question, what is the temperature like now? Chris Kleiman taking over for a legend uh, I mean, there's got to be some differences that you may have noted. What's your overall impression of uh, Coach cly and, and what, what how he's going about his program and, and kind of pressing the uh, start over button there, first off?
2: You know what? It was actually, Joe, it was a really relaxed atmosphere, and it was a wonderful visit uh, getting on out there. I was actually there with uh, another scout that day and, um, you know, we had a wonderful visit. They they really opened their arms to us. Uh, heading out to practice, talking with the fellows. It was really a, a neat atmosphere. They practice inside, of course. Bill Snyder Family Stadium there that day, and uh, I know that they're fired up and looking forward to uh, Coach Klay's new uh, tenure there. And you know, on a quick side note, I was actually able to get up to North Dakota State a couple times in, in recent years uh, to go see the the program there running up there and it's first class all the way. And uh, I'm certain that he's going to do a great job of bringing in his type of players there in Manhattan and hopefully keeping it going because, you know, I mean, Kansas State, I mean, they're always in the thick of things and you always got to be on upset alert whenever they're playing Oklahoma or Texas. So uh, I really hope that, you know, Coach Clyde is going to continue that success down in Kansas, and um, you know, only build upon what Coach Snyder, the legend, as you said, and appropriately what uh, you know, he kind of started. But hey, Joe, I saw you were doing some safety scouting the other day and finding us some prospects for uh, the 2034 <laughs> Collegiate Ball.
0: Hey, you know, always be scouting, always, that's, that's rule number one, you know, and then uh, yeah, this kid, all, all I saw from the video is a hey, sea ball, hit ball. So you know, <laughs> jot, the, jot the young fella's name down. That's that's what we do at the Bible. And hey, what we're doing today, we're breaking down the defensive backstaying. And uh, what I want to definitely get out there to this, just the top of the show, what you're looking for, and like the safety position in particular. How has that kind of changed over the years? And just break down your. Checklist. I mean, what what are sort of the uh, prerequisites uh, from that position, and, and what you're looking for?
2: Yeah, well, uh, you know, that sea ball get ball. I mean, I still think there's a place in football for that, and obviously, we all you know remember the um, you know the Seattle Seahawks secondary and getting Cam Chancellor down in the box and you know knocking the heads off just about anyone catching the ball underneath, but. You know, I definitely do, as we talked about with linebackers and some of these other defensive spots, you know, I think that as the game becomes more pass-oriented, I think we're starting to see a lot more emphasis placed on coverage skills. And when we're sitting here evaluating a lot of these safeties at the, at the college level, when we're looking at good collegiate bowl prospects, you know, we want to be able to find some guys who are obviously natural, natural athletes and who have the foot quickness to be able to match a lot of steps with receivers. You know, it's not oftentimes they're going to get safeties that are pressed up on them at the line of scrimmage. So you're going to need to be comfortable playing some variations of off coverage. And a lot of the times, one of the biggest things that can trip guys up playing off coverage is having what we call bad eyes. If your eyes are in the wrong spot, if you're trying to peek back at the quarterback at an inappropriate time, you're going to lose sight of what your target is and where he is. And you're going to lose your, um, you know, relevance and positioning, you know. So for them, we want to find natural athletes, guys who have quick feet who can change direction on a dime, hopefully players that can run, you know, as we talked about Looking and you know, to the previous point of uh, Rick going back to the NFL camps, you know, guys in the NFL are running four fours and four fives at the slowest. So, we need guys who can get from point A to point B very quickly and who can change direction and and close down when that ball's in the air. So, um, a lot of the times, safeties are getting quite a bit smaller than Cam Chancellor was, but. You know, I think we're starting to get, you know, guys all in that 5'11", foot, two ten range or so. And we want to, you know, see those guys who have that versatile skill set to both defend the pass, but also still the toughness to show up in the run game and be that last line of defense, as we talked about earlier.
1: Joe Everett, Rick Saratella here with... NFL PA Bowl Director of College Recruiting, Dane Vandernat. He joins us each and every week here on the NFL PA Collegiate Bowl Big Board Show, and we'll be counting you down to that 2020 draft out in Las Vegas. And, uh, you know, listening to you talk about the safeties, Dane, uh, you know, it has kind of uh, directly or indirectly impacted the cornerback position. I remember, you know, I want to say maybe when Richard Sherman was coming out, which is probably – you know, maybe a decade ago. And, you know, I used to be able to count on on one hand how many six-foot corners there actually were in the draft. And, you, you know, you scroll your eyes down the big board and say, oh, that's a big corner, six foot tall. And then as the position has now evolved, you know, that became a new trend, a six-foot corners. And it was like, hey, well, you know what, six foot four, five, that's pretty good. And now, you know, I can't even – guess or speculate I would probably say at least 20 or 30 corners if you were to go back and look at last year's big board not only are 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 they all six feet tall now Dane but hey these guys are all running in the four fours I mean and we say this every year players get bigger stronger faster but I think it's especially so at the cornerback position
2: no doubt no doubt you're absolutely right and I think that a lot of that too has to do with the success that Seattle had uh, when we were looking at pro teams, we always sat there and said, Okay, look, you know, now the Jacksonville Jaguars, now the San Diego Chargers or LA Chargers. Now they're running that Seattle cover three type defense. And what we mean by that is now a lot of the times their base coverage is for the corners on the outside to get up and go press the number one receivers, yet they still have the deep field responsibility. So if that guy's gonna be running vertically then he's, his job is obviously to jam him up at the line of scrimmage and then take him all the way. If the receiver's not going to run vertically and break it off, well, then he's got to get his eyes over on number two and look for that next deep threat. So uh, a lot of the times you've seen a lot of these things, and we all know, we, we always hear that the NFL is a copycat league. So a lot of teams, when Seattle started having success with Richard Sherman, and they had Brandon Browner on the other side, who was about 6'3 and a half. Um, you know, and then obviously even Shaq Griffin. I mean, he's a taller corner. He's right there at that six-foot, six-one range, and he's got the long arms, and that's a lot of the times what you like. And I remember when I was with the Raiders, Jack Del Rio would tell us, hey, you know what the difference is? Sometimes it's half of an inch downfield, and if you've got a guy that has 33-inch arms instead of 31-inch arms, well, you've got a two-inch larger window to be able to make a play or at least to contest the catch. So uh, length is definitely an emphasis. The Oakland Raiders, where I kind of grew up in the scouting industry with, uh, had always prided themselves on having tall corners, the Willie Browns of the world. And, uh, you know, that was always an emphasis for Mr. Davis as well as for Reggie McKenzie. But, um, you know, I definitely am with you and see that trend coming around. I also think some teams have gotten away from that Tony Dungy cover, too, where they'll take some – You know, five foot nine, five ten corners. Uh, So I do think that as the the proliferation, excuse me, of the Seattle cover three scheme, I think we're seeing a lot more teams
1: looking for prototypical guys of that size. Yeah, no doubt about it. And uh, you know, some of these smaller slot cover corners kind of get lost in the mix, but they're still valuable too, because you have still got to be able to cover that uh, slot position. So. Uh, hey, Dane, you know, we appreciate you hopping on, spending uh, some time with us. I know there's a lot of exciting things going on here at the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl. Uh, maybe for some of those listeners who uh, haven't heard previous podcasts, maybe they're tuning in for the first time. I think one last point I want to uh, kind of echo and, and emphasize is, you know, we're proud to announce that we're going to be honoring uh, the military schools and, and uh, each and every Academy, Army, Navy, Air Force uh, will all have a representative in the NFL PA Collegiate Bowl. And I, I just think it's a great touch uh, that we've been able to add in, in terms of building this game and branding this event. And, uh, you know, any other parting shots, things we should be on the lookout for here at the NFL PA Bowl as we get ready to kick off the uh, week one of the 150th college football season.
2: Well, I I can only echo the excitement
1: that I have as far as
2: uh, pairing up with the military service academies and, you know, having them come out and represent our great institutions in our game. And and I'm really hopeful that we're going to see a lot of their uh, comrades in arms out at our game. You know, we've got, of course, Camp Pendleton and, uh, you know, uh, um, up in Barstow, we have Fort Irwin for the U.S. Army. We have Air Force and Navy, all represented Southern California. So really hopeful that, that we'll have a great showing and be able to honor our service members at our game. And uh, last parting shot would just be that we got uh, two DBs on our scouting staff in uh, Dave McLuhan and uh, Vaughn Hutchins that are out here scouting with us. So uh, for an appropriate sendoff, I just want to say that uh, it was Vaughn Hutchins in my tweet that I alluded to that was the one that it came down with the career interceptions. Dave McLuhan, despite being a punt returner without standing hands, never quite recorded one in an NFL game. So, uh, Dave, if you're listening, we still love you. We know that you got the tough <laughs> safety, It was actually <laughs> Vaughn who uh, came down with those turnovers in the NFL games.
1: Hey, man, they, they banned the stickum, and all of a sudden, man, we were hurting for some interceptions. But, hey, uh, Dane, I appreciate it. Right. I know Joe appreciates it, and uh, we'll come back. We'll talk about our uh, scouting trails for uh, the upcoming weekend and, you know, constantly looking ahead here as we uh, attempt to assemble our 112-man All-Star roster. We appreciate you.
2: Of course, Appreciate you guys very much, man. Look forward to talking next time.
1: You got it. That's uh, Dane Vandernat, the... Director of College Recruiting for the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl and the uh, Service Academy, Joe. I'm excited about that because I'm watching some of this preseason NFL action. I'm seeing the comeback of the uh, the fullback here. A lot of teams now going back to that fullback. seeing seen some I-formation. And, hey, you know, when you talk fullbacks, it seems like there's always one roaming around at Army or Navy and, uh, you know, Air Force Academy and, uh, you know, the new law in effect with uh, President Trump you know, kind of uh, lifting that, that military requirement in years past. You know, it would be like a three- or four-year obligation. Uh, so, you know, maybe the military academy is not getting the kind of draft exposure that they deserve. Now, hey, I think it was the Eagles that just brought in a military guy. Now they can uh, play right away. So that's something that's got me excited here for the NFLPA Bowl.
0: Definitely. And when you brought up the surf, I mean, that's my favorite kind of football and nothing makes me smile in the army versus Navy at the end of the year. And the coaches that they have like Jeff Munkin, Nehemiah Lolo, and then uh, Calhoun over at Air Force. But uh, as long as coach Kenny has been doing it, he's just been putting out really solid players and they've got a couple of guys, just interesting kids on the radar. I mean, I just, we go down the list Heck, we just do a special services force, uh, uh, show, I think, because they've got some guys with a lot of upside, but, uh, you know, we'll stick to defensive backs this week, but yeah, we're definitely keeping our eyes peeled on Navy, uh, Army and the Air Force.
1: All right. Well, let's talk about some defensive backs here on our fifth episode of the NFL PA Collegiate Bowl big board show. It's Joe Everett, Rick Saratelli just heard from Dane Vandernat. Follow him at D Vandernat. Joe's at Joe W. Everett. Of course, um at NFL Draft Bible for everything we do including the 2020 uh NFL Draft Prospectus which will be
0: available
1: probably as you know we'll probably drop it as you're listening to this podcast. So hey, uh let's spend a second there, Joe, because hey, we we've got scouting reports on the top 100 prospects, we've got FCS prospects, we've got international players on the radar. Our first Uh, mock draft of the season hey heck we even threw in some fantasy football uh, rankings because we know you guys are getting ready for that but uh, just a um, you know really all-encompassing summer trying to put this bad boy together I'm still kind of crossing the final t's and and dotting the final i's but uh, I'm excited about about what we
0: have assembled here everything we have learned all summer is in this document that is no lie. Uh, but, no, I think what I'm happiest about is just the encompassing of all the scouting reports, just the early look, and it's regardless of class. This is how we feel about the entirety of college football, where these players just sort of sit Head and shoulders knocked up together, like, let's kind of stack them up. That's what the prospectus is all about. And also just our measurements, all the research, hometown, what these kids are about, impressions from coaches, quotes. It's, it's all jam-packed in there. So it's, it's definitely, like you said, it's been uh, a lot of work, but well worth it. And uh, I think uh, if, you, if you get a piece of this, you're going to find that out too. Yeah. No days
1: off this summer. We've been cranking and grinding like it's been the draft season since the draft ended. And that's so, uh, you know, we can provide all that information and and one complete package for you, the listener, whether you're a scout, a fan, um, someone who works in the industry, there's just so much value uh, for so many different uses and, and people that want to acquire this kind of information. So they'll definitely go get your prospectus. Take advantage. We're going to run a special on the all-access football membership, which is a, a big-time discount, and it'll get you the prospectus. It'll get you our all-star game recap and draft primer in January. And then, of course, it'll get you the 2020 NFL Draft Bible, uh, which is a beast each and every year here as we enter year 18. Of our NFL draft coverage, but today, Joe, as you mentioned and alluded to, uh, it's about the defensive backs, and we'll break them down one at a time. We'll do corners first, and then we'll hit the safeties. But uh, you know, log on to the NFLPA uh, Collegiate Ball website. It's collegiate.nflpa.com. You can get the entire big board. Um, You can see, you know, what we're looking for at each position. We've got uh, the news items that kind of break down the big board by each position, highlights uh, players at each level, FBS, FCS, mid-major guys. Uh, Dane gives some perspective on, you know, what we're looking for in terms of uh, scouting each position and assembling our 112-man roster for the NFL PA Collegiate Bowl roster. But uh, cornerbacks, Joe, we talked about, you know, how uh, these guys have really evolved and, and gotten bigger and faster. And uh, there's a lot of guys to cover here, but who are some uh, top seniors that
0: you're keeping an eye on? Well, it's a really good class. Uh, I, I Just looking across, like what you were just talking about with Dane, totally applies. I, I counted just roughly 30-plus, uh, all six-foot, even or better, and I'm not talking about five eleven plus and some spare change makes it six foot, and that's the Packers, old Packers rule, Seattle Seahawks rule, same management. But uh, uh, Diggs, the the the, the, um, the Hall from Virginia, the Iowa kid, it's like they're all checking in the six or better. Um, starting with Diggs, it's obviously Stephen Diggs' cousin. A great bloodlines there, and then uh, I think uh, Christian Fulton, LSU. Those are probably top two with Bryce Hall in the conversation. Um, Fulton's possibly why Greedy Williams' stock went down as Fulton just got in there his first real full season as a a, a starter after what a whole year off because of suspension uh, with the NCAA. But they get him in there. He's he's clearly the best DB. So I I think he really uh, did very well for himself last season. And Hall, I think, is just a stud. Uh, That prototype, what we're talking about, long, leggy, rangy corner, plays real physical, comes from a great defensive program. Uh, And, like, his his size is, like, that's what they're looking for, the carbon copy. But the one I'm kind of – I don't know. I just discovered on the show, like, I'm sure everybody else knows who he is. So I'm just – I just – found out who he was uh the Gladney kid from TCU he's not very tall he's 5'10 he's not a really impressive body but uh what you guys are talking about with those long levers the long arms and Del Rio brings it up he's kind of freaky for a 5'10 guy he's got like 32 and a half inch arms and what's really intriguing about him is like I've heard 4'2 speed not just four three like this guy is a blazer. So I think Jeff Gladney, uh, TC, then look at the games. You know they played Iowa State. He's going up against Hakeem Butler, six foot five, and Butler caught like two passes. So I, I think this Gladney guy, he may just be five ten, but he plays like a six foot uh, plus type corner. I, I really think he's like a, a he's got to be considered in that top one hundred conversation, and then. Two other guys, uh, the, the Javaris Davis from Auburn, another guy, um, I don't know what he's going to measure in at, but I'm hearing it's like 4'3 is going to be slow for him. Very similar to the Dean kid, just not as tall, uh, but it's whatever, they're feeding these guys down at Auburn like that it just uh the, these corners can all run um the guy that I think just kind of fell down is like he was you, you entered this time about last year everyone's talking about Hill the corner from Michigan but he's got some questionable tape and he's got that prototype size like we're talking about it's just I'm not sure he's he's bringing it with the moves and you know another guy just kind of fell on down uh, Lamar Jackson from Nebraska right just rewind like let's just Go back a year past, I mean, we're talking about Lamar Jackson in a different light. No, not the quarterback, but the corner from Nebraska. He's like, uh, I think people found out he might just be a safety. And then another sort of mistaken identity, man, A.J. Green plays college football still, but Oklahoma State, I I, kind of like him. He's pretty toolsy, uh, just real natural instincts. I think he's got to improve on some tech, but some things he just sees and and reacts like we say. You know, Seaball a- 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 AJ Green's got some game to him. I think that's a, a little bit under the radar player that I'm looking at. Not like the studs that we talked about before, but man, I I think guys that I've kind of really showed out when I'm trying to do a little research is AJ Green Oklahoma State, and then that uh, the Gladney kid. Uh, i have I don't know, man. He looks I, – I, I may be foolish here, but he kind of looks like a star-level player. Yeah, and again,
1: the uh, common denominator here, the length and size of these guys, all six foot and above. Uh, Jackson, who you mentioned, six foot three, probably is a safety. And, uh, you know, Diggs is around six two. Uh, Bryce Hall, you know, he's an intriguing guy, six foot one. You know, I've heard – anywhere from day one to day two and others feeling like he's a day three prospect. So I think, you know, when you talk about the importance and value of senior film uh, that's going to be a big one for Bryce Hall over at Virginia. Um, Damon Arnett from Ohio state is a guy kind of under the microscope. uh, uh, One of these, you know, another one of these speed burners, he's going to time probably, you know, sub four, four, Uh, you know, his problem is, you know, getting, you know, as fast as he is. There were some times last year where he was getting beat deep in that uh, Buckeye secondary, so he's got to, you know, kind of uh, be a little bit more careful with where he gambles and how he takes risks, but uh, Arnett is definitely on the board. Um, he's he saying Bas- Bassey from Wake Forest is a guy I'll get a chance to see this weekend. Um, you know, just scrolling through some guys that we haven't touched base on. Linwood Crump, Uh, from temple don't sleep on this kid had a chance to watch him in one of the uh, high high school all-star events here in New Jersey, a local Jersey guy. And uh, he also returns kicks. I mean, you know, he, that was probably his most impressive aspect of his game was his punt return ability, just the vision and the quickness there, but another one of these six foot corners, uh, Tino Ellis at Maryland, another one of these tall cover corners, um, you know, Damon Hayes from Rutgers, a team captain, I believe. Uh, you know, just some guys in, in my backyard here in my neck of the woods. And then, of course, hey, Joe, it wouldn't be a big board show if we didn't shine some light on some of these small school prospects. And uh, Manny Patterson is a guy uh, from Maine, you know, one of these undersized Jimmy Moreland-type physical um you know, capable of pay, playing press man. I'm going to be keeping an eye on Manny Patterson at Maine. Um, James Madison has a guy, Rashard, Rashard Robinson, who uh, led the FCS in interceptions two years ago, was injured all of last year. So how will he bounce back? Uh, will he recoup some of his draft stock? So that's worth monitoring. And I'm going to make sure I get down to a, a James Madison game. I think week two, I'm at Virginia Friday night. Uh, Virginia Tech Saturday, and then James Madison Saturday night. That's week two. And then the Ivy League, uh, who starts off a little bit later, you know, only a 10-game docket. But uh, this Isaiah Swan from Dartmouth, uh, definitely a name. You want to know this for sure is a name that you need to know. uh, Swan, not Lynn, but Isaiah and uh, before we get to safety, Joe, I'm surprised you didn't you didn't bring up your guy from Notre Dame, Troy Pride, who I believe uh did crack the top one hundred in our prospectus. So what uh, you got a hot read for us on on Troy Pride?
0: Oh no, he's a player, no doubt, and uh, super athletic. Uh I'm just sitting here like is he more of a nickel back? I don't know that he's a starter on the outside. Uh don't see the length. But he's going to be a player. I mean, no question. And that's a guy I think he's going to be a a lot faster um, than our last corner that, that tested out. Like uh, Pride might be in the four fours. All right.
1: Well, you know, Julian Love is uh, having a lovely camp here uh, for the New York Giants. In fact, you know, I I would if I was a betting man, I would actually wager that Love is going to have a bigger impact than uh, DeAndre Baker, who they you know, traded up a few picks to move back into the first round and take love is really making his presence felt. And uh, that that was something, you know, you hit the nail on the head with that one. We kind of saw that coming out of the uh, the draft, Joe, and I, I think that's going to turn out to be one of the better value picks. And suddenly, you know, while it remains a work in progress, it seems like Janoris Jenkins and a bunch of rookies, but, you know, suddenly uh cornerback could, could quickly become a strength there, with uh, Corey Ballantine playing his butt off and Baker and yeah, Love he,
0: and you know it's. we we nailed that at the senior bow man that our first report uh, on Valentine from Washburn it's like man this kid he's got yeah. a lot of fight in him and he's he's done nothing but show that he even got shot and he's out there still kicking butt and I mean you cannot keep a good man down.
1: And I remember being at the senior ball and him walking up to the podium and, you know, just, uh, I remember his film was just off the the chain. And I think he turned to me and said, that, that is a starting corner (laughs) at the next level. And I don't know why he went so low, but, uh, you know, NFL teams are finding out real quickly now, uh, what Ballantine brings to the table, but let's keep it on track here. It's Joe Everett, Rick Saratella. You heard from Dane Vandernat earlier in the show, And, Joe, you had a chance to uh, pick his brain about safeties, how the position has evolved, and, uh, you know, looking at this group, you you know, overall, I I think another solid group of prospects.
0: Well, it's the athletic ability, that uh, natural athleticism. Now, the the eyes, I don't know if all these guys are there, but like the, the Ashton Davis kid from California, I think he's got my favorite story. Uh, track kit, no offers, earned his spot on the track team first, then walks onto to the football team. Uh, super good hurdler. Uh, he's got the heart. He's got, you know, a lot of want to. I'm not so sure that he's, you know, some dynamic athlete, but you root for a kid like that. And then on the other side, Brandon Jones, Texas, this, the guy can run all day. He gets there and he, he arrives angry. Uh, really big safety. Um, I think he's up to 215, maybe more at this point, not sure, but he's on defense for a reason. Ball skills are an issue, so he's he's definitely going to be more of a strong safety. I mean, it's not a question of range. It's just uh, he's, he's a little rigid in his movements, and like I said, there's some, you know, uh, kryptonite on the football when he gets something going on there. Like, uh, he, he definitely has to get himself – with some coaching on the jugs machine, but you you love uh, the the space he can make up. And then possibly even more so on that thread is the Brooks kid from Maryland. Um, I think he's cut from a similar cloth to Savage, maybe not as fast as Savage, but uh, he's all over the field. They use him in a bunch of different, like he's a rover, sometimes a nickel blitzer. He's a strong safety at times. Um, You name it, he's just going to go up there and do it. Kind of a tweener. I mean, I think starting this whole process, he's like a corner recruit and then moves to safety. But he actually has some ball skills, and that's I, you, Antoine Brooks, Maryland. I don't know what he is, but he's a football player. So that's definitely a guy I have to, there's a spot for him somewhere. And then speaking of Notre Dame, Elliot, both safeties. I guess we could technically talk about like Gilman still has year eligibility after this, I think, because of the red shirt, but. Uh, they kind of interchangeable, in my opinion. Really, what Elliot does is make up for a lot of Alohi Gilman gambles. Uh, I, I think Gilman sometimes he'll just step up and go uh, Rambo Commando, and Elliot's kind of left hangout to dry uh, on, on some of those. So I, he strikes me as a disciplined player. Now I don't know. <laughs> what the you know, play call is But some of the actions and mannerisms They have even post play It's like yo uh, Alohi You going to keep leaving me out there I'll, I'll make up for it and I think Jalen uh, He really uh, he, I think both of them are strong I don't know that they're going to play at single high Like a free safety at the next level But Elliot really is uh, he, he, he looks like a disciplined player And, and really a fundamental tackler uh, and then the last of the, I don't know, the pedigree guys, I guess, is that you've got to bring up Shai Carter. Um, it's it's not like a ton of production that we're going off of for film, but, like, the big games I've seen him in LSU, Auburn, uh, the ball skills are there, the playing speed's there. He's just um, – I think he's on the extra DB. Maybe it's the same position that Minka played. I don't care what he's playing. The The two pick six plays I saw – 10 PDs, the closing speed, and moves after the catch. I mean, this guy, I, you know, maybe I haven't gotten that much sleep. I'll admit that. But I swore I was watching Eddie Jackson return pick sixes like the old days mm. of Alabama. Like, it's the same player. Uh, Shai Carter, man, he's there's no question he's a baller. And then I got my sleepers. Javon Hagan, Ohio Bobcats. If you listen, oh, yeah. you know, I wouldn't leave you out. Freshman All-American. Second team all conference as a redshirt frosh. Second team all MAC as a sophomore. First team all MAC last year. What you think gonna happen this year? Hammerhead Hagen's gonna get the job done again. He may lead the team in tackles this year. He was second on the team last two years running. Uh, I, I think the world of the kid. He's a leader. And he's just a fast starter, and that's – I don't know where he's going to get picked in the NFL. I don't care if he's top 100 pick, but he's going to get into a camp, and a coaching staff's just going to look at him like, he just keeps coming up ready. Uh, We're going to give him every last chance until he's not ready. So that's uh, – just keep an eye on him. The Ohio Bobcats actually ran into some guy with an Ohio parka on, and I just broke it down for him in five minutes until he's like, okay, man, I'm going to leave the grocery store now. Stop talking to me. So, uh, yeah, much respect, Javon Hagen. And then small school, uh, we got to give the love. I uh, And credit to Chris Shanefeld, who was on this guy probably last year, uh, Kyle Duggar, Lenore Ryan. And, Rick, you already brought him up, I think, on a previous show. This, I finally got a look at a stud. I mean, just long, ripped up, wiry, uh, just looks like a football player. He strikes me as a pro. Um, I hope it turns out for him. You know, you question the the level of competition, but he is out there just dominating. So I think – the, the real eager part for a guy like Duggar is you want to get him up next to the other ones from the D one schools and see what happens. Cause I think uh, he's going to still be one of the best players on the field when that happens. Um, and then I think um, just some guys, man, like that surprised they're finally seniors, Tanner music Clemson. I-, I can't believe he's finally a senior. I don't think he's some great player. He's super stiff, but man, he's a gamer. And I, th- I see a special teams demon that's just going to chirp on the field all day long, maybe not a starter-level player. Um, and then uh, AC from Missouri, been on the radar, it seems like, forever. Um, and then, yeah, more small school love. Jeremy Chin, South Alabama, another excellent interview with Christian Shanneville is out there with the two, 200-plus, super long-armed, small school studs, I think. Uh, and then last one I saw uh, Floyd, Virginia Tech. Reggie Floyd, uh, that's just super productive. Uh, I I remember him well because he had a great game against Notre Dame, Uh, excellent interception, and then Duke. I saw the Pitt game. Um, He's a baller. He's a stripper. He's a hustler. He's a dog. And I mean all those things in the most positive light, Uh, Mr. Floyd, if you're listening.
1: And the thing I appreciate, I had a chance to talk to Reggie at the ACC Media Day, and what I appreciate about him is he brought the lunch bucket to Media Day. I mean, he was ready to go. He's ready to go. He's got the lunch <laughs> bucket the He's ready to go. I mean, um, but yeah, you mentioned um, Hagen. Who, you know, hey, if you're an opposing wideout and listening to this podcast, keep an eye on 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 your little uh, waist towel now, because he likes to have some fun out there on the field. He he'll snag that towel from you. Um, there's a highlight reel of him just doing that. But, um, no, I think he does an excellent job of uh, baiting the quarterbacks, and, and they use him like a chess piece all over the field. Um, so, yeah, no no, uh, no surprise, 214 career tackles. Duggar, who you mentioned from Len- Lenore Rean, Lenore Rhine. have they ever had a player sa- – Lenore Ryan, the last time they had a player drafted, for, <laughs> it was 2000, John Millam round five by the 49 So uh right. looking to put a two decade drought at, to the end there. And, you know, he was timed at four, four, one in the spring by NFL teams. Now uh, last year, three interceptions, three fumble recovers, two forced fumbles. He's got three punt returns for a touchdown in his career. Um, so there's a lot of intangibles there that teams are going to like. And I think the one other guy, well, I've got plenty of other guys that I want to mention. Are you kidding me? Uh, Javante Moffitt. I get coaches hitting me up uh, from the current staff, former staff at Middle Tennessee State. Check out Moffitt, the kid for real, the kid's for real. There's a buzz around this Moffitt. Now, he was injured last year. He only played four games. But in 2017, Joe, 101 tackles from the safety position. I mean, uh, pretty impressive there. Um, A couple other guys. I'm just scrolling down the list on the NFLPA Bowl website. Uh, Marlon Bridges from Jacksonville State. I think he's got a pretty solid preseason grade, and he's pretty high up on a lot of NFL teams' radars. He's got good size, a lot of experience there. Um, Brian Cole, Mississippi State. You know, it's these senior safeties, there's some guys here that are going to be – borderline first round is not top 100 guys you mentioned the texas kid uh, brandon jones i thought he was a potential first round pick had he declared this year um i think brian cole's a guy from mississippi state that's going to get a lot of buzz as the season wears on i think he could shoot all the way up into the top 50 maybe a first round guy and jr Reed from georgia i don't think we discussed him at all um he returned for his senior year another guy um that's going to be pretty high up on the NFL radar. Um we talked about Reggie Floyd at the ACC media day. Also had a chance to uh speak with Miles Dorn from North Carolina who I will see on Saturday in the Belk Bowl against South Carolina looking forward to that matchup. Um anybody else, you know, Pittsburgh, I don't think we touched base on De- Demar Hamlin and um the cornerback we failed to mention from from Pitt, Dane Jackson. I mean, both of these guys, uh, that was another campus visit. I had a chance to, to meet with Coach uh, Junko over there at Pittsburgh. You know, both of those guys, NFL teams coming in uh, and, and really have an eye on there. Um, anybody else, you know, Alabama, we discussed, they don't rebuild, they reload. Uh, Maiden, Jared Maiden is the other guy to keep an eye on there. Tanner Muse, who you mentioned, very heady guy. You know, I, I will tell you this. You know, Trevor Lawrence was not at the media day. Tanner Muse was. And I, I don't care what about the athleticism, the stiffness, the limited athletic ability. I mean, that says a lot. That says a lot that he was the Clemson representative at media day. And that means – That tells me he's a real team leader. Um, Very mature guy, very heady guy. You could tell just in the way he answers questions, Joe. I mean, you could tell that, um, you know, he puts a lot of thought into what he's saying. And I think, you know, him and Kevon Wallace back there is, you know, as good as a safety tandem uh, in the nation. And then the last guy I'm curious to get your take on, And if you want to elaborate on any of the guys I just mentioned, but Levante Taylor, I know Von Hutchins was down at Florida State uh, checking him out as he switches from corner to safety. This is a guy I can see him playing uh, a a lot of different roles at the next level, Um, and that is Levante Taylor. Uh, There was a, a smaller corner. Ladarius Webb comes to mind. Uh, you know, when I watch Levante Taylor, but I'm curious, you know, he's kind of like five, nine and change five foot 10. Where do you
0: see his role at the next level? I think he's a nickelback. Uh, he'll be lucky if he could be a LaMarcus joiner. Um, I, I, I look at him. He looks five, eight and a half, maybe, you know, he is not very big, I don't think he starts on the perimeter. And, man, there is some bad footage uh, of him playing ball is the reason why he's still here. It's so funny. Like, you know, we rewind two years ago, and it's like, man, Levante Taylor, this freshman, looked at this guy. And I think we've seen now uh, a little too much uh, of the guy Or just like it's uh, – I don't know. I, I think we're looking at very much a guy that's got to have a sub-package role. I don't think he's a full-time starter. All
1: right very good there you go there's a reason why he's dropping on the nfl radar. um you know another we saw a safety you know coming out of florida a couple of years ago will hill who uh teams were very high on and then kind of dropped off so we'll, we'll keep monitoring uh you know that southeast region of the country is a hotbed and um you know we look forward to to getting players from all over the country i think that's a one of the big miss, uh, misconceptions out there is that you know just because we're based out in LA and uh, we have you know ha- have had you know historically you know West Coast based players, that's not mm-hmm. true. Uh, we're we're you know just ask Joe Everett. We're never leaving a stone unturned. We're we're uh, fine combing the country uh, from coast to coast and and even overseas. You know we're talking to our contacts in the league office uh, with, with the international combine out in Germany. That's going to happen in October. Listen, if there's a guy out there that's on the NFL radar, Hey, we're going to have him in the NFL PA bowl. And, you know, you heard us talk earlier in the show, uh, we're going to incorporate the service Academy and, you know, give them, give them the platform that they deserve. Cause a lot of times they get overlooked in the process and um, you know, it's going to be a very diverse events with, you know, big sticker helmets, small sticker helmets, and everyone in between helmets. So it's, you know, FBS, FCS, mid-majors, D2, D3. If you can play ball, we're coming for (laughs) y'all. How do you like that, New catchphrase here. We created it on the Superfly. (laughs) Somebody's going to get it. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs)
0: Yeah.
1: Um, The... Ohio State University. Yeah, right. I don't think that yeah. passed <laughs> <Yeah, right. laughs> But hey man, it's um always a, a, a non stop power, you know, hour of power. It flies by so fast and uh enjoy chopping it up each and every week. Uh always my favorite day of the week to record the NFL PA Collegiate Bowl Big Board Show with you, Joe. And uh, we'll come back next week and really uh, the wheels will, will really start turning because now we'll have some film to digest and, and uh, a, a plethora, a bushel of games. I know, um, you know, from Thursday to – I think there's even a game on Sunday and Monday this week. Um, Notre Dame, I think, has the Monday night game and I want to say Oklahoma State is playing Sunday night so I mean hey from Thursday Houston, to Monday Houston Oklahoma Houston Oklahoma so hey put, put some points on the board over there uh that's oh, going to yeah. a high scoring affair <laughs> if you know what I mean so hey Joe any parting shot for the people before we put a bow on it and
0: how far we have come uh getting prepared not only for the prospectus but this show and looking at DBs um out in the big board for 2034 and I look at names (laughs) for the 2018 recruiting cycle like Pat Sertan, Jr., Asante Samuel, Jr., Al Blades, Jr., Rick. Mm. Man, we're getting old.
1: (laughs) I guess so. I guess so, my friend. (laughs) Well, what a way to end it. And, uh, you know, we'll be back each and every week counting down to the 2020 NFL draft again. Uh, check out the relaunch of NFLDraftBible.com. We'll have the prospectus available for you. But do take advantage of the all-access football membership. Uh, we're going to run a uh, kickoff special for the first month of the season. If you sign up for the all-access football membership, you'll uh, get a discount. And you'll also you know, just receive the prospectus you'll receive our all-star game recap. We'll have scouts on location at the senior bowl, shrine game, NFL PA bowl. Uh, We'll, we'll hit you with the draft primer in January. And then, um, you know, we're going to probably push back the, hard copy of the draft bible to so april 1st this year you know pushing it back just, to, just give us an extra week to squeeze in you know, squeeze in all those official combine numbers get you caught up to speed on the latest pro day buzz all the uh, last second draft rumblings so you'll have plenty of time to digest it all uh before the draft rolls around april 27th i want to say in las vegas so if uh, if you haven't made plans book them Hotel rooms are only going to continue to go up. And with that being said, we're just going to continue to get better here each and every week on the NFL PA Collegiate Big Bowl, Collegiate Bowl Big Board Show. And, uh, you know, shout out to Dane Vandernat. Uh, NFL PA Bowl director of college recruiting joining us at the top of the show shout out to Joe Everett at Joe W. Everett uh, for breaking it down like only Joe Everett can and of course myself Rick Saratelli can follow us at NFL Draft Bible for all of our scouting trails and behind the scenes and I'll have halftime hits and post game recaps uh, bringing you you know up to speed live as it happens who's rising, who's sliding and who's profiling? Till the next time, everybody. The NFLPA Collegiate Bowl Watchlist Show is part of the All Access Football Network. Thanks for listening
0: and be sure to subscribe.